If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Hoff. Well, that is right. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Facebook.com slash ToddHuffShow. If you want to watch the program live or on demand, as long as they allow that to take place here. We're also on YouTube and Periscope. Good morning, no matter where you are watching. It is good to be here. Thank you for listening. You can be listening on Freedom 95. As well, and my oh my, I don't know if you watched that, uh, as Dana Bash of CNN put it last night, uh, excrement show. (laughs) I can't say what she said about it, but that is not something that, um, that's something that a lot of folks, I think, agree with. Last night's debate, Oz is apparently still over here throwing stuff around as she's thinking about last night's debate, but last night's debate was something else. Last night's debate included a bunch of, I'll say crosstalk. I don't know if that's really true. It's It was arguing. At times it felt like we were witnessing uh, students in the third grade. At times, you know, there, were, there was name calling. There were interruptions. There was a moderator who Chris Wallace never had Chris Wallace never had control. And in fairness, I'm not sure who could have controlled this thing last night. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't even know how to describe this if you did not see it. We'll play some, some sound bites here this morning. But I don't know the word. Um, this was not traditional. This was not typical. This was not the way that it normally goes, but we are also living through some times that is not that are not normal as well. We're living through, um, I mean, we have on this ballot, we have two diametrically opposed worldviews. And as I've said before, I'll say again, the choice is stark. I find myself, I said this yesterday, how many people are truly, what do you have to be at this particular point in time, and if this describes you, if you are undecided, I, I am genuinely curious, what is it that makes someone undecided about the 2020 presidential election at this particular point? I understand if you don't like Trump personally, 
I understand if you're bothered by his tweets. I understand if you're sometimes bothered by how he fights with the media. I'm not saying that there's not any answers or reasons for any of this stuff. I'm just simply saying I understand some of it. What I don't understand, what I don't understand is that for those who have a reverence, respect, understanding of the Constitution, of liberty, of the role of our government, limited government, how someone how someone who has a real respect, reverence, understanding for the founding of this nation, I don't understand how someone candidly uh, could be undecided. This is hands down not a contest in spite of or regardless of what we saw last night, regardless of any specific comment or statement that was made last night. And we'll get into some of it. I'm not saying – I'm just saying how many people are truly undecided and how in the world can you be undecided when one political party, who Biden says he is – last night he said at the debate, I am the Democrat Party. So I guess now I always make it a point, which to me is a bizarre thing to say, but nonetheless, uh, arrogant thing to say. I think that you know I go out of my way sometimes to differentiate between the radical unhinged left and – you know, those who are Democrat because of a single issue, maybe those who are union Democrats or those who are, you know, Democrats because they, while they personally would not, um, you know, participate in a in an abortion or have an abortion. I've had actually lots of people say this to me. I would never have an abortion, but I think a woman should have the right to choose. Of course, that's a whole other discussion. And I don't want to get into that at the moment. I'm simply saying single-issue voters, uh, union Democrats, people who are pro-life, who believe that the only thing standing uh, between you know, chaos and um, just terrible uh, circumstances where people are performing their own abortions, uh, between that situation and where we are today is the Democrat Party. Some people – some people think that as well, um, and so they're Democrats for that issue. And you could go on down, on down the list of issues. But most of the Democrat Party does not embrace all the craziness, which is why Biden last night didn't want to specifically say or answer some of the questions. It's also why he made reference to the concept, which is insane, that Antifa is an idea and not an organization. He didn't want to condemn Antifa. I don't know that he ever has. Maybe he has. Maybe he has. It's hard to imagine him doing that as he's normally hiding in the basement, which again is their strategy. But nonetheless, um, you know, this, I understand why people feel, some of them feel the way they do about Trump to some degree, not, not the radical hatred. I'm just saying those who they're not used to seeing this. They're, this is not, as they would say, presidential. This is not something that they that they desire or believe they should see coming from the president, uh, some of the tweets and arguments and so forth. But at the same time, at the same time, someone like me would say, what about the all-out assault on 
our founding principles coming from the Democrat Party primarily, coming from radical leftists, coming from the Bernie Sanders wing of the Democrat Party, which now we can say belongs to Biden because Biden is, he said, the Democrat Party. So coming from Joe Biden, I guess Joe Biden now is the radical left as well, and we will remind him of that as we as we move forward toward this election. But I don't understand how someone at this particular point in time can be truly undecided. I've that's what I kept thinking to myself last night. You know, the people I and I heard from lots of people during the debate. People who said that well, they had the same reaction that Dana uh, Dana Bash had at CNN, which this was a quote unquote excrement show. I guess you could say crap show. She used the other word, of course. I had some folks who were um, thought that Donald Trump was obnoxious, worried how this would affect suburban women. Um, in fact. One individual said that, you know, there was a suburban woman who didn't like what she was hearing. And I said, is she still voting or who's she voting for? Well, she's voting for Trump. So I said, so what? what's the worry here? Are we worried that people who are going to go vote for Trump are not enjoying what they witnessed last night? Or is it going to change their vote? What I mean, I, I you know, you hear people say who won the debate. I contend how can you win a debate when you stand upon the ideas that Joe Biden stands upon? How? How can you win a debate? If you say someone wins a debate but their ideas are built upon, um, well, a, a, a crumbling foundation at best, when they're not based upon truth and reality and human nature and things that we've established this this country upon, other bedrock principles that we've learned that we've come to understand over the course of time as as humanity if you're making an, uh, the case for bad ideas how can you win a debate well todd it's about superficial stuff okay i understand that but who's the superficial stuff for how many people to my original question are actually watching this now i'm not saying they're not out there because they are I know they are. It's the, the the people who voted for Obama because he had a a good jump shot or because he wanted a college football playoff or because he spoke well. That's it, because they liked his hope and change campaign slogan. You can ask 20 of them what hope and change meant, and you would literally get 20 different answers. But that, of course, was the beauty of it. But I say beauty. Is it really beautiful if the message is designed to confuse and not really state anything, the message is to get you fired up for being a part of something that's really not fundamentally anything at all besides just a, a campaign to get you to cast your vote for them, for that particular individual. See, in the world of, of reality, I think that the answer to that is no. So I can't imagine... I can't imagine a situation where Biden is truly the winner. Now, I heard people last night. I don't watch much post-debate talk. I did watch a little bit last night, probably because I was so fired up and awakened by that particular point in time. But I did watch a little bit. 
And I heard people saying things like, uh, even this morning as I kind of reviewed some things for show prep, but things like the American people were the true were the true losers last night because we didn't get to see an exchange of of ideas. And I love hearing this coming from the media. It's as though the media it's, – it's remarkable. Jake Tapper was one who said this. It's remarkable to me. Jake Tapper says the American people – maybe I'll play that. I just got to keep my bleep finger ready because it's the same clip that Dana Bash calls it the excrement show, this debate last night. But I don't um, – I, I listened to, to Jake Tapper tell us that the American people, we all lost last night. He was somber, downtrodden, face was just so sad. He said it was something like, I forget, I'll play it, a dumpster fire inside a train wreck inside something else, some such thing. And to some degree, it's not wrong. <laughs> last night was – I will say this. It entertained the heck out of me at points. The first half, the second half, I don't know. Things seemed to just get to me uh, – so derailed and it was a little bit exhausting i think putting up with this for uh, an hour and a half i think it turned out being an hour and 36 minutes but it's amazing to listen to the media criticize that as though they're sitting as though they've been trying to feed us truth and information they just want us to know they just want us to know what's going on we've been trying to tell you guys what each of these candidates stands for this is the I guess what we're supposed to believe about CNN, they've been trying really hard to make sure that we understand the real differences between these folks, and they've been trying their best. And suddenly last night at the debate, Trump and Biden argue and yell over each other for most of the debate, or big chunks of it anyway. And suddenly they're they're upset. They're dis, uh, disappointed with the Candidates, Of course, they're disappointed with Trump. Trump's the one who caused this, which in fairness, Trump is the one that did more of this. But it happened both ways. And I'll tell you this, the one who called more names, who called the individual, the other individual more names um, was in my estimation, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I think it was pretty clearly Biden. Biden Biden called him uh, a clown, a racist. I think he told him to shut up at one point. Trump didn't didn't say that, but Trump definitely interjected and spoke over Biden in large chunks. Chris, much of the debate was Chris Wallace saying, please let me debate. Trump talking over Biden and then Biden calling Trump some name. That was, I don't know, a pretty fair uh, assessment, I think, of, of how this how this went down last night. But the idea that the media... And Jake Tapper and CNN, they've been trying. They've been trying for four years just to report the facts so that we knew what was going on, so that we could make an informed decision in 2020. And they've done everything in their power. Oh, they've they've done everything in their power to give us truth and information. And suddenly we get to the debate and Trump ruins it. The idea that that's really where we stand here at the end of September 2020, just five weeks or so from Election Day, is preposterous. That's not where we are. It doesn't mean that there weren't problems last night. It doesn't mean that there weren't some entertaining points last night. I had someone tell me, actually Pedals told me, Pedals likes The Bachelor. I think I said this yesterday. Pedals, I don't think, has voted before. Pedals is now interested. I mean, you have to be after listening and working with us here for 
She's been on board for a couple months now. I mean, it's obvious you can't listen to this show and not want to be involved in the political process. I mean, it's overwhelmingly persuasive to listen to this program every day. Just having a little bit of fun here. But she's listened. She's followed it. She's gotten, you know, talking with friends. They watched the debate last night. She texted me and said that this was better reality TV than The Bachelor, to which I can't confirm. I can neither confirm nor deny because I don't watch The Bachelor. I think I have watched The Bachelor a little bit. I don't know. G-Mini. My wife and I, I think, may have watched it when we were dating or something. I don't know. How long has the show been on? I don't have any idea. Anyway, it's been forever. I don't know about that. I can pretty much assure you that that's true, but I can't specifically speak to that because I don't watch The Bachelor. Anyway, so all sorts of reactions, responses, people afraid that this is a bad look for Trump, the media, of course, blaming Trump. Of course, someone could say the reason that Trump feels the need to speak over everyone is because the media does its best to drown out what's really going on, what Trump wants to say, and they try to malign attack and just candidly misrepresent him constantly. So he's not one just to sit back. I mean, there's all sorts of angles and perspectives to look at here. But if you were hoping to tune in last night and to see a cordial, easy-to-follow, easy-to-understand debate, and you know, all the candidates or both the candidates answer all the questions completely and thoroughly and give you a perspective as to which candidate believes most closely or their beliefs align most closely with yours, that's not what you got. In fact, that never should have been the expectation. That never should have been the expe- expectation to begin with. But I think even in some ways after witnessing it, it was worse than or, or more contentious than even some people expected. So we'll talk about this the rest of the program. I've got sound bites and all sorts of stuff to go through. Quick timeout necessary here. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So I want to play. I want to get my bleep finger ready for the bleep button here as we're playing CNN. CNN, Jake Tapper, Wolf Blitzer, Dana Bash talking about last night's debate. Dana Bash calls it a excrement show, except for she uses another word that I can't uh, can't air on here. But nonetheless, I want to play a part of this because I've referenced this couple of times, and then we'll get into some other parts of the debate as well, but this is CNN, and it's remarkable to me. You have a group of people who are upset at President Trump, and I'm, look, I it was, it was impossible to follow a lot of this last night, this back and forth and this talking over one another and then Biden calling Trump names and all this sort of stuff, but the idea that the media, you know, I didn't think the president could criticize the media without it being violation a, a violation of the first amendment right this is what this is what we've been told the president attacks the media as being fake news this is this is suddenly um we're we're in a constitutional crisis the left tells us because the president has insulted the media who apparently does not have a pair of big boy and big girl pants to put on before they begin their relentless assaults and attack on 
the president of the United States on conservatism, on conservatism, on on America itself in many instances. So this is their – it's just remarkable that this is their reaction. I understand that this was aggravating. I understand that you, one would might uh, – one might have a problem with this or may very well have a problem with this, not enjoy this as far as getting information, as far as understanding what candidates believe and so forth. But CNN doesn't want you to know what candidates believe. They don't want you to know what Trump's done, what he really believes, what the – agenda is for the Trump administration. They just want you to hate the guy. So as as I listen to these words, I think the amount of hypocrisy, the amount of just blatant uh, deceit going on here, you can't be this upset at the way the debate goes when your daily presentation of the news goes the way that it goes. So here it is. I want you to hear this, and I got to get my bleep finger ready for Dana Bash and her comment. But here, here it is. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire, inside a train wreck. That was the worst debate I have ever seen. In fact, it wasn't even a debate. It was a disgrace. Um, and it's primarily because of President Trump, uh, who spent the entire time interrupting not abiding by the rules that he agreed to, lying, maliciously attacking the son of the vice president. When asked to uh, condemn white supremacists, uh, he brought up the name of a neo-fascist far-right group and said, stand back and stand by. Um, I will talk about who won the debate, who lost the debate, but I can tell you one thing for sure. The American people lost tonight because that was horrific. You just took the words out of my mouth. Um, You used some high-minded language. I'm just going to say it like it is. That was a sh**. And, you know, we're on cable. We can say that. Apologies for being um, maybe a little bit crude. But that is really the the phrase that I'm getting, you know, from people on both sides of the aisle on text. And it's the only phrase that I can think of to really describe it. And I couldn't agree with you more, Jake. The people who have been hurt the most by that are the people who are genuinely looking to see what each candidate stands for and who they should vote for. Okay. CNN. CNN dismay as to what they saw last night. By the way, if I'm not mistaken, I just watched this clip again this morning. I think Biden's the one that mentioned the Proud Boys. Biden's the one that mentioned the Proud Boys and Trump then said, stand back and stand by which we've now, uh, apparently, that is, I guess, another dog whistle. That that came up last night as well. Biden at one point actually said dog whistles don't work, but then at another point said that people are taking their cues and their dog whistles. Uh, the dog whistles are being blown by President Trump. People who know the secret racist code out there, white supremacists, which Trump has denounced, which he did denounce. He said, sure, last night. Who do you want me to denounce? What do you want me to do? Name them. Biden says, proud boys. Trump says, stand back and stand by. Um, I'll tell you who didn't denounce Antifa was Joe Biden. Look, I don't even want to get into this. This was At some point, it became so silly and, well, quickly it became silly and and ridiculous. But 
to me, the larger point here is the media stands by and is just appalled by this <laughs> as though they had nothing to do with this. They created the scenario, folks. They are 100% responsible. They and their cohorts in the Democrat Party, they are 100% responsible for creating uh, these false narratives that that have inflamed the American people. And they stand there aghast at President Trump and his response. President Trump is never is never going to capitulate. He's never going to even if he's in the clear wrong, he's not going to say you're right media. I'm going to going to apologize. He's going to continue to, you know, to fight back and to say this is this is who I'm dealing with. This is of course how I have to respond and react because I'm dealing with dishonest people. Your fake news. Media cries out, oh, violation of the Constitution, First Amendment crumbling around us as though they have no means to protect and defend themselves or to to engage in some sort of discourse. Nope. President says we're fake news. It's a violation of the Constitution. That is weak and pathetic. Fight back, explain, articulate, make your case. Well, it makes you wonder why they're making the case against the president. They, they should just be reporting information. But we're so far, we're so far from that now. We have a completely politically motivated media today. And they sit back and they act as though this is all Trump's fault, which I'm not saying Trump had nothing to do with this. Trump did have something to do with this. But the idea, the idea that we just are going through this cycle where they're trying to do their job and inform the American people, and Trump comes in and throws a monkey wrench in the in the process here, derailing the entire thing because he's trying to whatever steal the election again or whatever their next narrative is going to be. That's just completely and utterly false. They have they have created narratives. They have manufactured things that are helpful to the Democrat Party that are harmful to the president, whether they've created them out of whole cloth with this Russian collusion nonsense, whether they've misrepresented what's actually the case, whether they've reported, what, 93% or whatever negatively on the president. You can go on down the line, the list of things here, whether they've maligned conservatives, whether they've uh, continued to attack America as founded those bedrock truths and principles that we have in our government. And to make it clear, I'm not including in that what our founders did with slavery, but I am including what they did with other. uh, They were right on a lot of things, a whole lot of things, things that have transformed the planet, the, the history of the world, that have made a dramatic impact on the lives of people in a positive way around this planet, not just here, but here, raising the standard of living, increasing freedom, being a beacon of of light and hope to the rest of the world. Media doesn't seem to be cool with that stuff, especially if a president that's a Republican's out there proclaiming those, those truths and saying those, those sorts of things, that guy needs to go down can't have that and so this is where we are they act as though they have nothing at all to do with this when in fact they are the source of the misinformation the phony narratives uh, the mischaracterizations the character assassinations on and on and on and on and on this goes 
Quick timeout is necessary. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. This last night was interesting, <laughs> to, to say the least. My oh my, I've got pages of notes here. I've got some sound bites that um, that we can get to. Perhaps this one, this one is something that I think is actually relevant to the election. This one is one that is... I think actually matters, you know, not necessarily all these things matter when they're calling each <laughs> each other names and arguing over one another to where you can't understand a word. But this is, um, this is something that I think matters. They're talking about, they were talking about health care. I think this came up during the uh, Supreme Court nomination. I think Biden quickly turned the issue to uh, overturning Obamacare, the Amer- uh, the Affordable Care Act, which ironically has never been affordable, and I'm not sure how much care is actually provided in this monstrosity. But nonetheless, he quickly turned it to that, and so they're talking about this, and Trump had something to say for Bi- to Biden. The 100 million people is totally wrong. I don't know where you got that number. The bigger problem that you have is that you're going to extinguish 180 million people with their private health care, that they're very That's happy That's simply with. not true. Well, you're that certainly going to socialist. You're going to socialist. Gentlemen, we're now into open discussion. Open discussion. Open discussion. Yes, I agree. Go ahead, Vice President. Number one, uh, he, he knows that uh, what I proposed. What I proposed is that uh, we expand Obamacare. And we increase it. We do not wipe any. And one of the big debates we had with 23 of my colleagues trying to win the nomination that I won, we're saying that Biden wanted to allow people to have private insurance still. They can. They do. They will under my proposal. It's not what you've said. But and it's not what your party is, has said. That is simply Your party doesn't say it. Your party that wants to go socialist medicine. My party right. is and me. Socialist right now, I am. And they're going to dominate party. you, Joe. You Biden know that. Is. I am the Democratic Party right now. Three times the platform of the Democratic to Party Harris. is what I, in fact, approved of. What I approved of. Now, here's the deal. The deal is that... A couple of things about that. First, number one, number one, is it the Harris-Biden campaign? <laughs> Even Biden said it. Even Biden's confused as, as to who's at the top of the ticket. Kamala Harris, Kamala, excuse me, that's truly just a mistake. I, I, I want to naturally say Kamala, but it's Kamala, no disrespect intended. But this, um, this notion, this notion that Biden is now, Biden is the Democrat Party. He says, look, we're not going socialist. Trump says, bet me or not. The whole party's clamoring for this stuff. They get into the new Green Deal later on. But Trump says you just lost a couple of times. Biden tries to moderate, and Trump says you just lost the, the, the liberal wing of the party, the radicals. Just lost them on this. But this continues. A little bit more of this. It's going to wipe out pre-existing conditions. And by the way, the 200,000 200, people that have died on his watch, how many of those have survived? Well, there's 7 million people that contracted COVID. 
What does it mean for them going forward if you strike down the Affordable Care Act? And Joe, you've had 308,000 military people dying because you couldn't provide them proper health care in the military. So don't tell me I'm about this. I'm happy to talk about this. And if you were here, you, Look, it wouldn't be deal. 200. It would be 2 million people because you were very late on the draw. You late didn't want me draw. to ban China, which was heavily infected. You didn't want me to ban All right, we're, gentlemen, Europe, we're, we're, which no, was heavily infected. Uh, you would Mr. have been President, much later, Joe. Mr. President, Mr. President. You're talking about two million people there you go that that is pretty much um, how most of the debate went last night but that is something that again trump's going to revisit this as we have other debates and as we get into today when there's going to be you know more discussion about this and trump tweets and talking heads and all this sort of thing but trump says look the left wants to socialize everything you know i find myself it seems to be a fair question to me to ask this what on earth – we were told back at the time of the passing of Obamacare that this, this fixed everything. This was, this was basically utopia on planet Earth. I mean we had done everything short of promising to heal cancer, which Biden, by the way, is on record as saying he's going to do. He's keeping it secret. He's going to keep it secret day one, unleash his plan, boom – Cancer cured. Also going to cure Alzheimer's. Also going to cure diabetes. Very kind of him. In fact, if you have a an ailment, if you know of someone that has an ailment, anything from a very uh, you know moderate condition, something that's troubled you, some sort of a long term condition, you can write in to to uh, to Biden and say, hey, would you list my Medi- I mean, my family's medical conditions on your list of cures. This this is irresponsible sort of talk. This is not the way. Of course, these things we should we should strive to get rid of diseases and problems. But this idea that you're going to promise to cure things—that's kind of how the affordable. I didn't the way the Affordable Care Act was presented. It was this utopian, perfect ideal. Now it's falling apart at the seams. Trump said at one point last night, it doesn't matter how you manage it. This thing is a disaster. There's nothing that can be done with this thing. It's, it's an utter mess. It's unsustainable, which the Democrats knew when they passed it. But my point is, why do we already need to fix it? This thing was passed 10 years ago. It was supposed to be the, the be-all, end-all. It's because of Trump. Trump's unraveled it. No, the problem is it was designed to unravel so that we would move further left to what the Democrats are talking about today, which is universal government-run and provided health care. Got to take a break. Out of time here this segment. Actually, long this segment. Sit tight. Be back in just a minute. Welcome back. Perhaps the best single line or the most memorable line, the most, I don't know, zinger, if we want to say that, the zingiest zinger last night was when Trump says, I've done more in 47 months than you did in 47 years, which I think is absolutely the case. Here's a little bit of that. Play this here. Um, What leads up to that? You well know there's a new report that in 2016, the year you were elected president, and 2017, your first year as president, that you paid $750 a year in federal income tax each of those years. I know that you pay, 
a lot of other taxes, but I'm asking you the specific question. Is it true that you paid $750 in federal income taxes each of those two years? I paid millions of dollars in taxes, millions of dollars of income tax. And let me just tell you, there was a story in one of the papers. Show I paid, I paid $38 million one year. I paid $27 million Show us your tax year. returns. I went... Uh, you'll see it as soon as it's finished. You'll see it. You know, oh. if you want to do, go to the Board of Elections. There's a 118-page or so report that says everything I have, every bank I have, I'm totally under leveraged because the assets are extremely good, and we have a very we have a we, I built. Sir, a great I'm asking company. you a specific question, which but is. Let me tell you. I, I understand all of that. I, I understand all of that. But, but let at, me, no, Mr. President, I'm asking you a question. Will you tell us how much you paid in federal income taxes in 2016 and 2017? Millions of dollars. You paid millions of dollars? Millions in, of dollars. So yes. not seven Millions of dollars. And you'll get to see I, it. I, and you'll get to when? see it. But and let me Shalom? just tell you, Chris, let me just say something, that it was the tax laws. I don't want to there pay tax. Be before I came here, I was a private developer. I was a private business people. Like every other private person, unless they're stupid, they go through the laws and that's what it is he passed a tax yes, bill that's that right. gave us all these privileges for depreciation uh -oh. and for uh, tax credits we build the building and we get tax credits like the hotel on pennsylvania avenue you get okay. a massive which by the way was given to me by the obama administration if you can believe that now the man got yeah, fired know, right after that happened but vice that's president a, biden you want to respond yeah i do want to respond look the tax code that made him Put him in a position that he on. pays less tax than a school teacher makes on the money a school teacher makes is According because of Times. him take. He says he's smart because he can take advantage of the tax code, and he does take advantage of the tax code. That's why I'm going to eliminate the Trump tax cuts, and what? we're going to I'm going to eliminate those tax okay. cuts, and make sure that okay. we invest in the people who in fact <laughs> need the help. People out there need help. But why didn't I you do it over 20, the last no, 25 yeah. years? No, because you weren't president. You because you weren't president years? screwing no, 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 things no. up. You were a senator. You're the worst you president vice, America has ever had. Hey, hey, come, Joe, on. Me, come on. Let me just say it, Joe. I've done more in here. It is in 47 months. I've done more than you've done in 47 years, Joe. We've done things that you never even thought of doing, okay. including Gentlemen. fixing the broken military that you gave me. Let's, including let's, taking there we go. You get the idea. I've done more in 47 months than you've done in 47 years. Pretty powerful. I think you should stick more to, to this sort of messaging if you could follow uh, all the clutter last night. Quick time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. You know what Oz told me last segment? She said she started to feel like Chris Wallace. She said she feels like Chris Wallace trying to notify me when it's time for a break and I ignore her like the candidates did last night. Hopefully I remind her more of, oh boy, I don't know if she would say Trump or Biden. I haven't called her any names, so that would eliminate Biden. I've not called Oz a racist. I've not called Oz... Uh, what else did he call him? Several names last night. Anyway, haven't done that. But she says she feels like Chris Wallace. But this thing last night was, I mean, it was hard to follow. But it was also at times very entertaining. It also 
still shined some light on the issues and what matters, even though substantively it's hard to get to anything that matters. It did point out uh, some of the vast differences between these two. Keep in mind, Biden's campaign, I'm telling you, you can take this to the bank. Biden's campaign, their strategy is to hide their candidate when they can. When they put him out in front of the cameras, when they put him out in front of the cameras, he'll, he's to say as little as possible, attacking Trump when necessary, not actually explaining his ideas, calling President Trump the worst president in history. This is the strategy. You combine that with the president that's not going to take it and who comes ready for a fight, and you can see that there's really no other way for these things to turn out. So I'm guessing, I mean, I'm supposing there'll be a little bit differences in the other ones coming up, but expect more of the same. Guys, I have to go SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.